God loves you. God has got good plans for your life. God has planned out good works for you to do. You're a brand new creation in Christ Jesus, and God has given you gifts. He's given you talents. He's given you assignments. And God wants to work through you as His body in the earth to fulfill things that only you can do. Close your eyes. Put one hand on your heart and say this. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. It is seed. Let this word go into the ground. Take root and produce fruit. I thank you, Lord, that your word does not return void. Everything that I need starts with a seed, and I can produce everything that I need for my life, for my family, in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? So last week, Sunday, I kind of, I was limited on time, but I kicked off the service, or I kicked off the new year. Look at the person next to you and say, we're in a brand new year. You might not know it, but the Jewish New Year happened last week, Monday, Tuesday, and there's a different calendar that uh, the Jewish people work on, the Israeli people. They have a totally different calendar than we have. We work by a Gregorian calendar, which is actually a pagan calendar. And the, the months and the days of the week are actually named after their Germanic gods. So the most popular ones that you will know, Wednesday is Odin's day, and he is the ruler of Asgard. Thursday is Thor's day, and he's, he's the god of thunder. He's the god of the weather. And so these different gods for the different months and the different days of the week, they worship these gods, and they made it part of their daily lives. But we don't serve a pagan god. We serve a living god. And so, you know, sometimes people ask me, why don't I do traditional New Year messages? Because my New Year message starts now. It doesn't start in January. January, I'm already a quarter way into the year because it's now in this time and in this season that God begins to speak to me about the things that He has for me. And then we're making preparation in this season. So when 2022 kicks in, we're already in the midst of our year getting ready to see what God said come to pass in our lives. So the 10 days that go from, that go from the start of the Jewish New Year 10 days, they take 10 days to check their hearts. They take 10 days, they wake up and they pray and they ask the Lord, show me the areas where I am off track. And what they do is they correct their lives to make sure that they are living lives that are pleasing to God. And then after 10 days, there's the Day of Atonement. And the Day of Atonement is the day where you put all that has happened in the year before behind you, and they usually fast. Everybody say fast. You would say fast, but they usually take the day to fast and pray and just receive forgiveness and get ready to kick the brand new year off. Can you say amen? So this week, Wednesday, uh, from 6 p.m. till Thursday, 6 p.m., we are going to be fasting and we're going to be praying. One person's excited. And so I want to encourage you, put the coffee aside. Put the Twinkies aside. 
take, take, take one day and dedicate it to God. Press in, pray. We're going to join together on Wednesday evening. We're going to have a powerful Wednesday night service. And we're going to pray over you. We're going to anoint you. And we're going to ask God that He's going to show you the things that He has for you in this year to come. And the things that you receive, you'll get it in dreams. You'll get it in visions. God will speak to your heart. You'll wake up and you'll know things that you didn't know before. But family, I want to encourage you. Set time aside and just say, Lord, I want to know what you have for me this year. And God will show you. If you will ask, you will receive. If you seek, you will find. But you've got to cut the distractions off in your life. And really, if you just cut the distractions off and you spend time in the Word of God and you spend time seeking God, you'll hear from heaven all the time. Anybody with me? None of us should be clueless about what God has for us. You shouldn't have to come to Sunday service to find out what God has for you. Look at somebody and tell them, you have a responsibility. You don't need a professional. You have the responsibility. And if you'll just take your responsibility serious as a child of the Most High God and realize what you have, your Bible. Your Bible is the most powerful book that you own. If you don't have a Bible, we have some on the back table, and you can grab one on the way out. But you need to have a Bible, and you need to be putting the Word of God on the inside of you because it's the Word of God that's a lamp unto your feet. It's a light unto your path. When you've got the Word of God, you'll have clear direction, and you'll have clear understanding for your life. But we eat on junk food a lot. We eat junk food, man. Why? Because we like things quick. We like things fast. I want them now. And so I just want to encourage you that it's so easy to get caught up in the affairs in this world system, the problems, everything going on in life. You can get so caught up in it so quickly that you lose sight of everything you have in the kingdom. Don't get distracted. Don't get sucked down and sucked into it. Break out and live above it. Can you say amen? Look at somebody and tell them it's time to get rid of the old and get something brand new. Last week I was talking about that. Open your Bibles to the book of Colossians. I'm going to start reading Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. And it says, Since you've been raised to a new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven and not the things of earth. Say that. I need to think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in His glory. Verse 5. I love this. So put to death. Say, it's my responsibility to put to death. The sinful earthly things lurking within you have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. And because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of the world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, 
slander, dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature. Say, out with the old and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature, say, in with the new, and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're Jew, Gentile, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave, or free. Christ is all that matters, and He lives in all of us. Say, Christ lives in me. Since God chose you to be the holy people, holy people He loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. 14. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you're called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom He gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. That's pretty good stuff, wouldn't you say? So, we've, we're, we've seen over 200 people give their lives to the Lord in the last 60 days right here at Pure Church. Between the outreaches that we've done on Saturdays where we've gone and we've told people personally, face-to-face, one-on-one, the gospel, we've seen over 150 people just on those Saturday outreaches. And then we've seen here in our services over 50 people give their hearts to Jesus. That's the last 60 days. And so I know there's people sitting in this building that are brand new that have only been here a couple of weeks. Who's been, who's been here only a few weeks? Raise your hands. Thank you for being brave. Thank you. Put it really high so I can see him. Woo! Right. We're so glad to have you here. And so what, what we need to understand is that you're on a journey. Say, I'm on a journey. And the journey that you're on is out of the will of self that's living to please you, yourself, and your own desires. You're going to go through a wilderness. Say, wilderness. That's a time of separation from the old life. And then you're going to go into the will of the Father. You're going to discover the things that God has for you. But you've got to be willing to let go of the old so that you can enter into the new. If you're not ready to let the old go, there's no room in your life for God to give you something new. And what I want you to know and understand is that what you have right now is not God's best. You might think it's good. But even the good things you have now, God has got greater for you because your life is going to move by faith from glory to glory to glory to glory. So you can be in the blessing of God from last season, but you're entering into a new season, and God wants to bring increase in your life. But if you're comfortable, complacency is a thief that's going to keep you from the next realm of what God has for you. Okay. And so what you've got to realize, what you have right now is good, 
but God has got something greater. And you've got to make the decision that I'm ready to get out of my comfort zone, and I'm going to make a decision that what I have right now is not the best. I'm not unthankful for what I have, but I know there's more. And you've got to go after it. You've got to make a decision that I want everything that Jesus died for. I want to walk in the fullness of what God planned for my life. And if you read Psalms, it says very clearly that God's thoughts toward you are innumerable. God loves you. God has got good plans for your life. God has planned out good works for you to do. You're a brand new creation in Christ Jesus, and God has given you gifts. He's given you talents. He's given you assignments. And God wants to work through you as His body in the earth to fulfill things that only you can do. And there's going to be a judgment day. Look at the person next to you and tell them it's not judgment for sin. It's judgment for works. Your works will be judged. What did you do for the king? What did you do for the kingdom? You were saved, but what did you do? What have you done? What are you going to present to the Lord as your works when you get to heaven? Look at the person next to you and tell them, once you are saved and you know the love of your heavenly Father, the works that you do are not to get God's attention. They're not to get God's approval. You already are approved as a son and a daughter of the Most High God. And the works that you do now are the works because you love God and you want to do great things for Him while you're here in the earth. It's not saying we grow up many times with parents where we need to get their attention. And so we work, we do things to get their love and to get their attention. And if you don't get love and attention through that, then you have negative attention. Anybody know anything about that? Because we're going to get attention one way or another. It's either going to be through the good things that we do, and we're going to hear, well done, I'm proud of you, I love you, good job, keep it up. Or if we don't get any attention, we're going to cause problems, and they're going to have to pay attention to us. And when you grow up always constantly having to fight for your parents' attention, you get into a works program, you get into a, a system, a way of living where that now carries into your work life, where that carries into your marriage, where that carries into all parts of your life. But once you get filled with the Holy Ghost and you know that God loves you, what happens is the Spirit of God comes into your heart, joins to your spirit, and suddenly you know that you have a Father in heaven. That's what the Bible says in Romans 8.14. The Holy Ghost joins to your spirit, and when He joins to your spirit, you call Him or you know Him as Abba, Father, or my Father. And it's very important. I know a lot of people get saved. They come to the altar, and they pray the prayer of salvation. And when they pray that prayer, they feel a weight lift off of them. The weight of sin lifts off them. They cry. Who knows that moment where you feel the grace of God coming upon you and forgiving you? The, the next step for you is you have to get rid of the things in your head about what you've done in your previous life. 
Just because your spirit is saved doesn't mean your mind is free from everything you did yesterday and the weeks before. That's why there's a renewing of your mind. That's a process that only you can fix. If you don't renew your mind and you don't let go of certain things, then what happens is you're saved, but you're still living as a sinner. And on the inside of you, even though you know you prayed a prayer, you don't feel saved. Why? Because your mind is still filled with all the junk from what you've done. Anybody with me? You see, when the Israelites came out of Egypt, they came out as slaves for 400 years. So they come into the wilderness, and God says, I have a promised land for you. But they saw themselves as grasshoppers in their own sight. They didn't believe that they could do the things that God told them they could do because they were in bondage for so many years. And a lot of people never get to the point where they clean out the junk in the trunk. And so you walk around saved, but your, your mind and your memory is filled of all the things you did wrong. All the times you were beaten, all the times you were abused, all the failures that happened in your past life. So you don't walk in a spirit of victory, you walk in a spirit of defeat. Am I talking to anybody? See, you've got to clean it out. And, and when the Israelites came out of Egypt, Moses took them across the Red Sea. He destroyed the enemy. The enemy was done. But yet they couldn't win because of what they were carrying on the inside. God might have set you free from sin and death. God has set you free. You're not going to hell. You're going to live with God for eternity. But what good is it to be saved and live defeated on earth? God has got more for you. So I've got to get rid of the old so you can grab hold of the new. So when you read the story of Moses, slaves for 400 years in Egypt, they cross the Red Sea. The first place that they come to is this pond or oasis, oasis, called Mara. Everybody say Mara. And Mara means bitterness because the water there was bitter. They were thirsty. They were in the desert. They're on their way to where God told them they were going to go, but there's no water. Imagine bringing four million people out of Egypt into a desert. Water is essential. And so they come to this place where they find water, but the water is bitter. And I want you to know that before you can move forward in the things that God has for you, you have to get rid of the bitter things in your heart from your previous season. What are the, some of the bitter things in your previous season? Well, it depends how things were in your home life. I know for me personally, I was very bitter towards my father and my mother. I couldn't wait till I was 18 years old so that I could leave the house. But I got into a world of trouble. Look at somebody and tell them when you leave home, angry at your parents, your lifestyle will be a lifestyle of sin and rebellion. Why? Because you're going to go, you're going to drink, you're going to do drugs, you're going to sleep around. You think you're having the best time of your life. But really, there comes a point where that season, the wages of sin is death. There comes a moment where everything you've done accumulates, and then suddenly destruction hits your life. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And you're blind to it. You never saw that coming. Why? Because you were living a selfish life. You were living a life to please yourself. And I remember, I loved partying. I loved dancing. 
I became a nightclub manager. Epic. The, one of the best clubs in Johannesburg, South Africa. I was the manager. Woo! I had status. Until you lose your management position, and then you realize all the people that were around you weren't your friends. They were just there to, to use you to get what they wanted. You find out real quick who your friends are when you don't have money anymore and you can't give them stuff anymore and you don't have access anymore. It's like they don't know who you are. Like, who are you? Like, you don't remember I gave you a job, I gave you drugs, I let you into the club for free, we partied. They don't care because they're on to the next person who's going to give them what they want. And I remember losing everything. Ended up owning my own nightclub. I thought that was the best thing on the planet until some drug dealers from the region, some big guys came in with guns, took me into the back room and told me, if you guys sell drugs in our region, we're going to kill you. And then open their jackets and they have automatic weapons under their jackets. So you think you're living the best life, but really you're on the edge of death every single day and you don't even realize it. Sin is, looks fun, but it bites, and it's, there's a price to pay. You can't just go live in sin and think you're going to get away with it. There's a price to pay, and it's coming for you. Say, the wages of sin is death. There's going to be a fall. There's going to be a crash. There's going to be payment for living your own way. And when I reached the lowest part in my life, and you don't have to get there, but when I got to the lowest part in my life, I decided that the only thing that was real was my encounter with God at the age of 16. And I, made, I told God that day, I said, God, I have screwed my life up. If there's anything you can do with my life, I give it to you. Go ahead. And here I am 24 years later, living in America, the place of my dreams. I have the most amazing family. I have the most blessed life. I have the most awesome friends that really actually like me, which is amazing. <laughs> I live in America, the greatest country in the world. My life is blessed to the point of overflow, and that's because of the grace of God. But family, there has to come a point where you say, I am dead to myself. I am dead to living the old life. And then you just got to enter into the strip club. You got to strip off the shame. You got to strip off the guilt. You got to strip off uncleanness. You got to strip off jealousy, anger, malicious behavior, foul language. You got to strip these things off you because they're not part of your new nature. <laughs> you like the strip club, don't you? You can invite people to the strip club on Sunday. Hey, I'm going to a strip club Sunday. And like you are? Yeah, bro. Come on. I'll meet you there. And then they show up and we'll strip them of everything the devil has chained them up with. And then what will we give them? We'll give them a garment of salvation. Some brand new underwear. Then we will give them some clean underwear. Then we will give them the robe of righteousness. That's where they're clothed with God's robe that they're in right standing with God. Then we'll go ahead and put a ring of authority on their fingers because that's what the Father does because you've come home and all of heaven is celebrating. Can you say amen? Then, 
Oh, it gets better than that. You get a garment of praise because you used to be heavy and you know what God has done for you and what God has set you free from. So you're up here losing your mind, praising God and getting into His presence and falling down and getting filled with joy and peace and happiness. Why? Because these are spiritual gifts that come from the kingdom of heaven and they are nothing like the natural gifts. Natural gifts are temporary and they fade away. But the gifts that God give you are eternal and they can never be taken from you. But if you're running after the things of the world to bring you peace and joy, they are temporary and they will slip out of your fingers. But when you have eternal things, those things last forever. It's a whole different life. But what you have to realize is you have to say, I'm done with marijuana. I am done with alcohol. I am done with prescription drugs. I am done with sleeping around. I am done with living to please myself. I am done with wasting my money on pointless things. I am done with running around with people who talk coarse jokes and are proud about all the sin that they've done. I am separating myself from that realm because there's a kingdom realm that I have been called to live in. I want to know who my heavenly father is. I want to know the purpose that I'm on the planet. I want to discover all the things that God has for me. And you have to come to the point in your life where you say, I'm done with the old and I'm ready for the brand new. But look at somebody and tell them there's some giants. What is giants in Spanish? Giants? What? Picante? Help me afterwards. I don't know. You're telling me to say stuff on the microphone that I shouldn't be saying. Listen. I was 2% fluid in Spanish. And then I quit the app, and now I'm like negative 5% fluent. (laughs) So there's giants. So what you have to do is you have to face the giants in your life. You have to face these things that are stealing from you. You've got to face the things that are tearing you down on the inside. You've got to face those lies. You've got to face those things and say enough is enough, is enough. I drew a line in the sand, and I'm crossing that line, and I'm going to chop your head off. Can you say amen? That's why the shield maidens are so wild. Because they are giant slayers. Hey, you know the giant slayer. What movie is that from? Come on. Mm, Close, close. If you have a kid, you should know this. It has something to do with a car wash. Shocktail, thank you. He's the shock slayer. Look at somebody and tell him, you're a giant slayer. Say, you have the power to take down the giant that has been harassing you for your whole life. See, the Bible says, the Bible says that you do not any longer have a spirit of fear. Say, I don't have a spirit of fear, but I have a spirit of power. Say power. What is power in Spanish? Yes, that thing. You got a spirit of power. 
You've got a spirit of love. And nothing can overcome love. And you know what else you have? You have a sound mind. That means you think clearly. That you're no longer waking up totally oblivious to life. You're waking up with a clear mind. You're waking up with purpose. And let me tell you something. In life, you get thrown some serious curveballs. Anybody get a curveball? Something that came you weren't expecting, and it took you out. How many of you thought you were on the right track? You thought everything was going fine, and then suddenly the legs kicked out right from underneath you. Well, I know what it is to live in that lifestyle. I didn't come out of my mother's womb and suddenly, voila, everything's wonderful. I'm just 25 years further than you. You hear what I'm saying? And so you just got to make a decision that you're going to press in for the things that God has for you. Even though you got thrown a curveball in life, even though you were dealt lemons, some sour things, you got to make a decision that God can restore everything that has been destroyed in my life. And you got to make a decision. I'm no longer living that lifestyle. I'm going to run off to God with everything that I have. And I'm telling you, 25 years later, it keeps getting better and better and better and better. And trust me, it's not without challenge. Because when you're pursuing the things God has for you, you still have giants that you have to fight. Buying this property was taking down a financial giant. Leaving my home behind and moving into my mother and father-in-law's garage with my wife and two children was a giant that I had to deal with. Was I going to trust in my house and my things or was I going to trust in God? Did I want the things of God more than I wanted to have comfort in my life? Two and a half years. Three years. You don't know the story. But we had to make a decision. When we started the church, we had like 40 people in our living room. And then we did Easter at the beach the first year. We had 350 people show up at the beach. And I'm like, I can't bring these people to my house. So we either had to give up the home we were living in to get a building. But that meant that we had to move out of our house and go live in my mother and father-in-law's garage. Very prosperous. Well done, pastor. I thought God was with you. No, there's a price to pay for the things God has for you. And you've got to be willing to sell everything you have, give up everything you have to grab hold of the one thing God has for you in eternity. And when you get that thing and you run after it, you'll see the supernatural provision of God hit your life. Because God will provide everything that you need for what He's called you to. It is like this hidden treasure that you discover in heaven. You find the book where your name was written and everything God prepared for your life. And you grab hold of it and you run after it. And I'm telling you, we have seen supernatural breakthrough after supernatural breakthrough. Even when you're getting sued because of things that you didn't even do wrong, God has already got that. When, when, when uh, your lease runs out and people tell you, sorry, we're not going to renew your lease and it doesn't matter what we promised you, we're kicking you out and you've got 100 kids and you don't know where to take them, God already knew we were limited and He broke us through into limitless. And so even though now, as we're running after God, pursuing the things He has for us, every time we face a giant, it's not to destroy us, but it's to increase us. Because that giant is standing in front of you, holding back what God has on the other side. And if you'll just say, I'm not coming at you with sticks and stones. I'm not coming at you in my own ability and my own strength. You're a bigger giant. you got more money than me. And there's nothing that I can do to you in the natural to take you down. But I have a God who's bigger than you. And your head is going to come off today. And I'm telling 
telling you today, when you stand and you look at the things, there are moments in your life where you just got to stand on what God said and you'll see the sea split. You'll see the giant come down. You'll see the provision come through. But if you're never faced with a challenge, how are you going to discover how big your God is? You discover things when you're at your weakest and you have no way out and you cry out to your heavenly father. And he says, don't worry, son. Don't worry, my daughter. I got you. This didn't get me by surprise. I knew this because I'm alpha and omega. I know the beginning and the end. And I'll never leave you nor forsake you, even if you walk through the shadow of that valley called death. I'm with you. Can you say amen? So look at the person next to you and say, it doesn't matter what happened yesterday. We're not going to worry about the issues of yesterday. We're not going to worry about the curveballs we were thrown that hurt us or took us out. What we're going to do today is we're going to get the Word of God, and we're going to press into God, and we're going to seek God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength. The problems that we're carrying, we're going to bring to the altar, and God is going to set us free from them because the blood of Jesus has the power to break you free from anything that the enemy has done to get you bound. And when you're free, you're free indeed. Can you say amen? And when God sets you free, now you have the ability and the courage to press forward to lay hold of the things He has for you. Say, I'm stripping off the old, and I'm going to put on the new. I'm going to get rid of some old things, open my hands to lay hold of some brand new things. Can you say amen? Stand with me this morning. What God wants to do is He wants to renew your attitude and he wants to renew your thoughts. You say, Lord, I need some brand new attitudes, some brand new thoughts. Ephesians chapter 4, 21 through 24. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Lift your hands to heaven and say this, say, Heavenly Father, I'm ready to get rid of some old things. I'm ready to put a season behind me of good things because I want to step into some brand new things that you have for me. So, Heavenly Father, right now, as every single person in this place has asked, Father, I ask now that you would show them the things that you've prepared for them. These next few days in this week, I ask that you would begin to unlock and reveal to them the stuff you've got for them moving into this new year. Father, I ask that you would show them things from heaven's perspective. Father, I ask that you would show them the areas where they're blind, where the enemy is stealing from them. And Lord, I ask that some doors would be shut and some brand new doors would be opened. Father, where there is the hopelessness, I thank you that hope and faith is being deposited even today in this message. Father, where people felt like they, there wasn't anything better, I thank you that they're encouraged today by your word that you've got way more in store for them, Father. Now say this, say, Heavenly Father, I choose to forgive. 
there's anybody that has hurt you, stolen from you, thrown a curveball at you that really hurt your life, and you haven't fully let go, I want you to forgive that person right now. And say their name and just whisper it and say, Lord, I forgive Nicholas or whoever that person is. And just let it go. Let it go. Because you cannot hold on to the bitterness of a lost season and experience joy in a brand new one. Joy and bitterness cannot occupy the same space. You have to get rid of the bitterness so God can fill you with the joy and the peace. Say, Lord, I choose to forgive those that have hurt me, that have come against me, that have stolen from me, that have stabbed me in the back, that said they were my friends. They were for me, but they weren't really. They were for themselves. I release them completely, and I forgive them. Say, I forgive you. I release you. And I bless you. Come on, bless your enemy for a second. Father, we pray now that even as they're releasing and blessing their enemies, those that have hurt them, God, that they themselves are being set free now. And Father, lift your hands really high. I'm going to pray for healing. There's emotional healing coming to you now. You see, it's one thing to forgive somebody, but if you don't get the healing, it's like just putting a Band-Aid over the boo-boo, and the minute you think about them, it festers up again. Are you ready to receive healing from the hurt? So, Father, now, in the name of Jesus, I release, there it is, the anointing oil to flood their hearts. Right where they're standing. Pour in the oil and the wine. And, Father, heal that emotional scar. Heal the hurt. the, The spirit of trauma, the spirit of fear that took them by surprise. Loose mind, will, and emotions now in Jesus' name. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. There it is. Father, all the bitterness gets washed out right now. Out of the belly, out of the innermost being. Father, I thank you. The words spoken over them that were curses, I break the power of those words now. They no longer have power in your life. The most hurtful words spoken to you that you carry as a sound is like a dagger in your heart. Father, I pull those words out, and I break the power of it. And Father, every lie that, they, that has come against their identity of who they are in Christ Jesus, that deception breaks off their minds now in Jesus' mighty name. There it is, right on your head. Fresh anointing oil being poured on your head. It's going over your eyes so that you can clearly see who you are. And every lie that has come against your identity and your character and who you are in Christ It breaks off you now. I speak peace into your heart. And Father, no longer will they look at the pain. No longer will they look at what has been stolen. But their focus shifts now in the name of Jesus onto you and what you have for them. I thank you that you're correcting their focus today so that they're no longer blinded by the past, but they can see what you have in the future. In the mighty name of Jesus. I'm just so glad to be a part of the family. No matter what you're going through, I got you and you got me too. What's up, family?